seven-yard touchdown run by the magical quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Big Keith Trailer, look at him rumble. Do you want a podcast with a 100% pick record going into NFL Week 3? Of course you do, you utter punts. Untouched, unfazed and feeling good, utter punts episode 4, touching down. This is not Detroit, man, this is the Super Bowl. Touchdown! Utter Punts is an NFL podcast made by UK fans of the National Football League. We said we knew this beautiful game inside out. I never said that. They said that. We've correctly called every game we've previewed so far this season. Stats are stats, people. I'm sports journalist and Giants fan Liam Bradford, and I've got two more Utter Punts alongside me. Vikings fan in Birmingham, Dave. 11 out of 11, baby. <laughs> 11 out of 11, baby. Alongside me here in Manchester is Ravens man Dan Horton. May God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to never back against Tom Brady. 11 out of 11, baby. Coming up, the big game reviews, a look ahead to week three, and the utter punts leave the station on our 17 stop train bet to 100 grand. Thanks for being with us. Welcome along then to Utter Punts. I've got to tell you, it's taken so long to get this podcast started because I literally cannot get Big Dave to shut up. Dave, what? why are you so cheerful? Oh, I'm going to punch you so hard. I can't shut them uh, off for half an hour uh, before we start. I, I, I do apologise. Anyway, um, yeah, well, we're on 11 out of 11. We're on 11 out of 11 picks. Only because it, you sided with me last week. But, yeah, yeah, thank thank goodness I did. Because uh, otherwise, we if we'd have followed Dan, we'd have been like lemmings off a cliff and we'd only be 10 out of 11. Uh, we'll talk more about this as we go forward. Let's take a look at this week's headlines, shall we? The, the first place that I'd like to start is the whole um, Brady, Lattimore, Mike Evans, Bruce Arians thing that went down in that game. What on earth was going on? I've traced it back and it's Bruce Arians, the former head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that starts the whole thing off by having a pop at Marshawn Lattimore and then Brady gets involved and they have a bit of a tete-a-tete and Mike Evans just comes out swinging to protect his quarterback. What did you make of it, Dave? I I really enjoyed it. It was the second trilogy of the weekend. We had uh, Canelo Golovkin three and uh, Lattimore versus Evans three was was better. It lived up to the previous two fights that have been between them. And I think it's... Whilst Lattimore absolutely has Evans' soul on on the field, um, two out of three fights he's been on the floor. He's got up, but, you know, Evans is a beast. It turned the whole game, and we'll get onto this a little bit later, but it turned the whole game on its head, really. That was the momentum shift that the Bucks needed. Brady didn't look back. It, it did. It almost it, it unloaded the game. Really, it was it was a really tight. We, we saw. We said it would be a really tight, close game. Um, I did, um, and it was for for such a long time. It was it was very very low scoring. It was the defenses were absolutely on top, and that almost sort of let the pressure out the out the cooker out the stadium. And after that, the, the books seemed to really relax into what they were doing. They found a bit of a rhythm. They put pressure on Jameis, and 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 after that, he he just he felt a bit, and, that, and that's what he is he is liable to do. It's it's boom or bust with him. It was such a tight game until that point, and then it just really it exploded, didn't it? And it just it went from sort of three all to twenty ten in in what seemed like a, bl- a blink of an eye. More bench clearing brawls is what's required. Let's go. Let's go down the hockey route. Let's let's have at least one bench clearer a game. That'd be sensational. I, I think, and as, you know, these are. These are specimen human beings as well. You know, it, you say Marshall Lattimore's end up on the floor, but Mike Evans could push Tyson Fury over, I think, if he ran at him that hard. He's, he's, a, he's an absolute unit. Um, the fact he's then screaming at the refs going, that's Tom Brady, that's Tom Brady, what do you want me to do? Um, he, he was looking after his quarterback, apparently, but he just he, him and Lattimore have the history and they probably play, they play each other in a few weeks again, so we'll watch that, won't we? Are we happy to see wide receivers protecting their quarterback? 
Yeah. Well, it should be the O-line. Anybody. Yeah. It, it really should be. Quick quick enough. <laughs> so so yeah. we'll, we'll go with the biggest wide out we can find. Yeah. No, I, I mean, like, like I say, I, it did look a little bit like he looked back over his shoulder, saw who it was, saw what was going on and, and just yeah. went to launch him. But there was probably, yeah, right. I think he recognised who it was because Lattimore's not quiet. And, it, and he was rude to Brady. He did wave his hand dismissively in Brady's face and... And Brady, yeah, but but Brady you know, basically I mean, if you reacted to because he's being petulant. I know, I know. I saw what Brady said, and yeah, before that, Brady was in the refs on almost every play. He was he was getting really frustrated. This sort of the image of him smashing his his tablet up on the sidelines for the second time against the Saints, and he was getting increasingly frustrated. And he was in the refs' ears, and I think that was annoying the Saints defenders. Demario Davis had a a bit of a pop after one play, just a couple of plays before it, if you go back and watch that. And then Lattimore just exploded on another one where he's just appealing for everything. Um, I am surprised there isn't more of it in the NFL. They're, they're, they're such amped up human beings and they're playing at the, the peak of their, their physical, they, you know, they're absolute specimens, these guys. And I'm surprised that there isn't more of it, but it just shows the discipline that they play with and they coached with that they brought up to to not do that. And it's, it's incredible, really. Yeah. Um, this week... In the NFL, I don't think I'm too far wrong in saying was batshit mental, right? The whole thing from beginning to end was just completely nuts. The second headline that we're going to talk about here is that those insane comebacks that we saw this weekend, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Cardinals, very nearly the Falcons too. It was insane, Dan. It was. You asked me when we, you know, the first episode of this is what is it about the NFL that we like? And I suppose this this is what we like. It's you, you get one of these probably every couple of weeks normally where it's just insane. The game's never over. And what it does is it, it means that next game you're watching and the game after that and the game after that, you always think, well, what if? You know, they, there's still time. They could still get the ball back. They could still get an onside kick. They could still score 21 points in 10 minutes and it leaves you that hype because teams do it and it's not even we're not even talking about great teams here that do it but teams do it every season and this this weekend was, was nothing like it it's historic but you do see it quite a lot well I mean the, the Atlanta Falcons very nearly reversed their 28-3 yeah. absolute drubbing in the Super Bowl and I did feel for them, they didn't quite pull it off, but the New York Jets, what fight they showed. And um, yeah. I remember covering an onside kick. You don't really see that anymore. Um, yeah. It's something that I, I think I've only seen it three times since I started watching the NFL quite religiously. They've, they've been trying to take it out of the game. Um, and, and yeah, it was a stunning combat by them. I think, to be honest, whilst we are on 11 out of 11, we were very lucky that some of those games were televised because uh, I don't think <laughs> we're going the right way. What, what we're yeah. saying is that if if the Jets, the Dolphins, the Cards or the Falcons had been on the list this week, we probably <laughs> wouldn't be 11 from 11, right? Yeah. Better to be lucky exactly. than good. If, if Sky's going to look after us and guide us in that direction, you want to get on this train, everyone. They there's, haven't this week, by the way. No. They've absolutely stiffed us. <laughs> there's always a couple. There's a couple of plays every season where it becomes like the most controversial play. There was some last year where would they go, should they go for it on fourth and three, and they're in their own half and all that sort of stuff. And this weekend alone, we had should should Nick Chubb have gone in for the touchdown for the Browns and give them the he gave them a 13 point lead and he, he should have just got if he'd gone down on the on the goal line, they'd run the clock out and won. He went in for the touchdown, which gave the Browns the ball. They scored straight away. Then they got the onside kick and scored again. They should never have had the ball back. And then you had the Rams running, and I haven't seen it since the Ravens did it in the Super Bowl in 2012, where they concede their own safety to, to take the ball at the back of the end to run the clock off, to kick the ball back to the other team and take time off the clock. Um, those two things happening in the same day is just incredible. Incredible to watch. The whole thing. It, there's, there's a strange disparity of awareness sometimes with with the way yeah. some players play i saw three uh -huh. four times over the weekend where players were trying to get interceptions on fourth down in their own end zone rather than looking yeah. to bat the ball away in completion and get it back on you know near the halfway line and yet what the rams did there absolute genius i loved it the amount of times i heard commentary teams across the nfl this weekend saying it's a good job he didn't catch that because otherwise yeah. they'd have had a turnover yeah. 
inside their own end zone and they're they're 100 yards to go rather than, and rather you get than that, 50. You get that at this stage of the season because the teams, that, you know, the first two or three weeks are still pretty much pre-season for these teams. The, the coaching still hasn't settled in. They haven't quite drilled things into the players enough and you can see that more and more. You look at Denver and some of the coaching decisions there. New coach, new quarterback, new offensive coach and it, it does take a bit of time to sink in and the pre-season now they're so scared of getting players hurt that they don't play that you know you're starting cornerbacks you're starting wide receivers your quarterbacks they don't they don't really play in the pre-season so they don't get the game practice and it's that game management and that game style that, that makes a difference with the top teams and and look at the books and the teams that need help look at the saints and it decides games really does uh look finally last headline and, and kino's just sort of come up with this one joe burrow is it his fault he seems to be going down an awful lot. Are we? Are, what you're suggesting here, Dave, is that he's just not very good at navigating the pocket. So, well, what I think it is is he he's playing hero ball because things aren't quite opening up in front of him. He's hanging on to it not too long, but he the decisions he's making in his movements are potentially taking him into trouble. You look at the PFF grades for his O line; they're not terrible. Now, I've, I've seen quarterbacks who are getting hammered due to offensive line play. Kirk Cousins being one of those uh, over the past few years from the Vikings. There I remember is. the O-line that Teddy, yeah, there he is. The, the O-line that Teddy played against, uh, played against, played behind, it should be, but it did feel like it was playing against them sometimes. But Burrow is a great quarterback. I, 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 I love his attitude, love the way he leads. And he, he will be fine. But at the moment... It, I've seen other analysts looking into it, and, and there is a, a strangeness about the way he's moving through the pocket. After he gets hit a couple of times, he is a little bit skitterish in there, and he's taking himself into trouble. Um, and he just needs to calm down. He, he'll be fine, though. I, I, I love Joe Burrow, but it, it is interesting, and yeah. I'm not completely sure it's his own life. It, well, it is. We, 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 we said in the, on the preview of the season that the Bengals were probably probably maybe missed their chance last year because everything sort of fell for them. They got, they got a lot of they got a lot of run, but he was sat nine times against the Titans in the in the divisional round of the, in the playoffs last year. Um, nine times, and they won that game. So he was getting sacked a lot in the playoffs last year. I think it was something like 13 or 14 times he got sacked, five times in the Super Bowl against the Rams, and he nearly led them back in that game uh, because he was throwing magical passes and, and th that bit of luck was going their way. Jamar Chase was catching balls one-handed behind Jalen Ramsey those balls this year so far haven't, aren't being caught um, and that's the only difference that the Bengals have done nothing to protect that to, to build on that old line from last year they've done nothing and the they've old line is 70 million in, in the off season it's not any better is million. it Joe Mixon last year in the playoffs was was a difference maker he he led them to the Super Bowl and what's he done this year so far he can't they can't get the run game going and that means they can't get the space so he's having to hold the ball a little bit longer and he's getting sacked. Uh, there's so much that we could carry on talking about, but I'm aware that time is probably against us. We've got a load of previews that we want to do as well. That's coming up very shortly on Utter Punts. Don't forget, we live and die by you guys. So thanks very much for everybody that has liked and subscribed. Thanks for everybody that has joined us on Twitter and on Instagram. You've got a couple of shout outs for Instagram. Yeah, Mackie, the Jets fan, who was texting me on Sunday night as, they, as the Jets won. And uh, Ollie over from Jacksonville, who's a Jags fan. And they won as well. Imagine them two winning on the same weekend. <laughs> It almost never happens. Look, if you Miracle. do like us on social media, share share us with your friends. Make sure that you retweet and repost all of our stuff because we want to grow this. We want as many people as possible to hear what it is that we're saying. Uh, meanwhile, let's take a look back at the TV games from week two, shall we? <laughs> Let's start with the LA Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Look, if the Chargers didn't have bad luck, they'd have no luck at all, eventually going down 27-24 in Kansas City. Quarterback Justin Herbert and two others picking up injuries at Arrowhead. It was death by a thousand cuts from Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. The Chargers rushing for and playing coverage almost worked, but sometimes you've just got to marvel at the ability of arguably the best quarterback of his generation in Mahomes. Bears at Packers, and we called it last week on Utter Punts. The Packers would be going all out to make up for that week one L. That's precisely what they did. Aaron Jones, the dual threat running back, starring as the Packers won 27-10. Here's Aaron Rodgers after the game. Obviously a great running back, good vision, slasher. I think he's way more elusive in and through contact 
It bounces off a lot of tackles, got a really nice stiff arm with both arms. And then the whole other part in the passing game, his ability to run routes and get open and then do little things. Uh, we're just kind of scratching the surface, I think, with him which is fun. Titans at Buffalo, and it's not the last time we're going to mention the word bloodbath in this wrap-up. A 41-7 win for the Bills. If the opener against the Rams was a statement, this was a double underline, bold type, and exclamation mark for the Bills. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are a force this season, and Diggs' 12 passes, 148 yards, and three touchdowns are a perfect example of why the Bills Mafia are so excited. The less said about the Titans, the better. They were outclassed in almost every department. Vikings at Eagles. All right, yeah, okay, we got this one just about right last week, although I'm not sure we saw the three touchdown gap between the two of them. Jalen Hurts had 301 total yards in the first half alone. He finished with 333 yards passing, a touchdown, and 57 yards on 11 rushes with two scores on the ground. Absolutely mad. If Jalen Hurts was the hero for the Eagles, Kirk Cousins was the obvious villain for the Vikings in this one. His three interceptions were a big part of the Vikings' struggles. Here's Jalen Hurts after that game. We just came out, we played very efficient. Last week I talked about the, the inconsistencies and the urgency, the communication and the operation, and that starts with me. And um, obviously um, we operated at a high level um, early on in the game. Um, and I think that's something that we have to be able to sustain throughout the whole entire game. Next up, Bucks at Saints. Never bet against Brady. Despite us not being able to agree on this last week, ultimately, Keno and I got it right with a 20 points to 10 win for Brady and the Bucks. The story and the swing point here, though, was the bench-clearing brawl after Marshawn Lattimore and Tom Brady got into a tete-a-tete, -tete, only for wide receiver Mike Evans to come steaming in to protect QB1. Lattimore and Evans were thrown out of the game and momentum shifted to Tampa Bay. Brady did not look back. Here's Mike Evans on the incident. Now, I get spicy when you come to New Orleans. Tell us what, in your eyes, uh, sparked everything today. All I seen was, I, I know we were, we were like um, trying to get a, a flag called or whatever, and it wasn't called, and then all I see is uh, Lattimore, he like punched Lenny in the face or something like that, and then like pushed Tom, that's all I saw. So, you know, I, I just pushed him. Lastly, Seahawks at 49ers, bloodbath. That word again, this could have been so much worse than a 27-7 loss for Geno Smith and his Seahawks team. They can count themselves lucky. The big news to come out of this is the surgery Trey Lance now needs, not only for a broken fibula, but for a ligament injury too. The Niners looked eerily familiar though with Jimmy Garoppolo back at the helm. His touchdown on his opening drive, making that even more clear. do a very good job at rounding that stuff up and um, we will not mention at all that I got a leading quarterback's name wrong and we had to redo the whole thing all right <laughs> Josh Who Herbert Jesus fuck me what's, me what's, it was me what's wrong with Josh do you know do you know what's do you know what's even worse I sent the script to Dan for him to double check before I recorded anything and he didn't spot it either so Funny that makes two of us that got it completely wrong <laughs> Uh, Good. But, uh, but Josh Herbert's got injured ribs now, so, you know, you, you, we should keep an eye on him. You should read his, his name It's his brother Poor Justin Josh. that we've got to watch out Poor for. Josh. Jesus. Uh, right, okay. Uh, moving swiftly on. Fantasy, we don't need to talk about that at all, do we? Nothing special happened in fantasy this week. Nobody managed to get sort of something magical, like a 200-point week or anything. You've talked to me about uh, the Dolphins going back against the Ravens, and then this, I'm going home. <laughs> didn't, didn't have a bad week did you Dave nah, 209 points I told you I got the best team like, <laughs> it, 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 it's just a matter of time um, you know we need Bell to lose so it's, it's starting to get annoying we've just had a message in the in the group here saying no 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 I really think we should talk about fantasy um, no moving swiftly on let's get to the game preview show and he hasn't lost yet he's not lost yet and he's just the bearing in mind that he hasn't logged into the app since day well at all i don't think i think he logged in long enough to put it on auto pick and he's not bothered since i think and he he's petitioned done, the refs to get evans out of that game because it, it was looking it, very bleak from at one point it's he's done dave and he's done dan now it's me next 
we've all got a hope that Austin Eckler actually puts up some points this week, otherwise we're all in serious <laughs> trouble. Oh, no. Uh, right, moving swiftly on to the game previews. Going to do this slightly differently this week, where we're actually going to put our cards on the table. We're going to give you a direct pick who we think is going to win this one. After we've done this, we're going to talk to you about week one of the Utter Punts train. Uh, whenever we talk about it, you're going to hear this. And every time we say Utter Punts train, it's going to go again. So just limit the amount of times that you say Utter Punts train. Would you say that to Dave? <laughs> well, it'll, it'll just get annoying. So, oh, again, why would I say that to Dave? Yeah, no, that's oh, what, What's going to get annoying? I'm sorry. That's, that's oh, uh, oh, well, no, don't say it. So, essentially, Dan made a request that every time we said those three words together, there was going to be a noise that went with it, which you've already heard four times, and I don't think I need to say those words again just yet. So I was hoping it would be, you like that? By Kirk Cousins. I've got my request. I don't think that's it. Uh, look, let's look at Steelers against Browns before we get on to betting. You, you, you um, didn't quite get Mitch the break in your voice, Dan. A little, a little break. That's what you um, needed. How, did, how does it? How does it go? I can't do it, Dave. I'm I'm just too mad, no, mate. I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> uh, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, the Browns gave up plenty against Joe Flacco, didn't they, last week? But he took three sacks too. Is what kind of Mitch Trubisky are we getting here? Is he one of those quarterbacks that's really sort of touch and go as to whether they're going to be the starting quarterback in Week Four? Yeah, and, and I think if you're Trubisky, you're probably thinking there's a 10-day break after this game and it's probably enough time for them to bring Pickett in, although they have got a, they've got some dangerous games coming up. But I think I think this would be the time. He They are not throwing the ball over 10 yards. They're, they're asking, you know, Deontay Johnson and, and um, Chase Claypool are having to catch in really contested areas and they're not making any ground up. So although they're catching the ball and they're in the game, they're not hurting anybody, the Steelers. Um at least I think Pickett will put the ball downfield. Flacco hurt the Browns because he 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 has got a cannon in his arm and he he doesn't move very well anymore. But he's always had that. And some of the throws, uh, the throw to, to to Corey Davis to open the game up was brilliant. Trubisky isn't going to do that to the Browns. They're going to try and run the ball. The line's not good enough. They can't protect him. Um, I think Myers Garrett will have a really big game. For me, I, I, if it wasn't again, we go back to what I've said about the Patriots. It's, if it wasn't the, the Steelers, you'd, you'd think they were a really bad team. I think they are a really bad team. I know what you're saying, but it's Mike Tomlin. No TJ Watt. Uh, I know again, they have no TJ Watt, but only Mike Tomlin could inspire someone to come back from a torn peck in six weeks rather than an entire season. It is that what blood, isn't it? Because I think his brother did it too. Yeah, genetics. Um, but for me, it, I, I think you're right. Um, I think it, it is most likely that Trubisky can't really progress. Uh, I said it, I think, in episode one, but I expect to see Pickett sooner rather than later. Um, I almost feel like they're using Trubisky just to try and bridge it through until uh, Pickett is used to, to game day, day activities, get, getting ready for the game, doing the prep, learning how to be a number one quarterback from someone who's had to do it in the league and was working hard for the job. So he's had a good example in front of him, but I, th I think the talent, although Trubisky is, of course, uh, famously a number two overall pick, where they traded up from number three overall for no reason. Um, and, and talking there, Pickett, number 20, wasn't he, in the draft? And I, I can see him supplanting Trubisky. And you might as well have a look at what you've got with Pickett. If you struggle, then I mean, you've got a fair chance of getting a decent quarterback in next year's draft. So, um, Well, your, your man, your man, Pickett, um, George Pickens, Dave, hasn't, hasn't, Featured as he, and they, they just can't get the ball. In, deep interestingly enough, enough, in the preseason, it tended. Although I think he did some things with Trubisky, uh, it was Pickett who was hitting him in preseason. So, was, yeah, be interesting to see if they can yeah. they can bring that connection. Back. I think they helped each other yeah. throughout the preseason. For me, without without TJ Watt on that front line, I know Cam Haywood will play, and and they're still good. But I think that the Cleveland run game is is by far the best unit in this in this game. So they should be able to control the the clock. They should be able to control the game. Nick Chubb is, I think, he's the rushing leader the first, first through the first two games, and 
um, I can't see the Steelers being able to stop that consistently enough to um, to put pressure on Cleveland. I think it'll be slow, uh, a low-scoring game because of that. I think there'll be a lot of running. I think Cle- uh, Pittsburgh will do the same. Uh, that was one but- of the things that I was going to say is I'm not convinced that the Browns rush D's good enough when we know that there's going to be no, a lot of dink dunk, which short short passing, but there's also going to be a lot of running from the Steelers here because they know that Trubisky hasn't got the arm to go deep. So I, I think, is the Browns rush D good enough? Yeah, I think so. It was good enough against McCaffrey in week one. Um, who And the Panthers really wanted to run the ball and I don't think they allowed them to. It's a, it's um, a different Dave? style of back that they've got with Najee Harris and, yeah. and McCaffrey. But... Think, uh, is, is Jadavian Clowney playing? I, I think he got a knock in the last game. Yeah. He's exceptional against the run, not as good as a, as a pass rusher for, for his pedigree in the draft. Um, but I think that ov- overall they tend to be o- okay against the run. They've certainly got some good safeties who can step up into the box. Um, overall, I, yeah. They're healthy. They're, the, the Browns, I think, they are healthy. healthy. Which, my my yeah. question to you, Dan, is who's the better quarterback, Brissett or Trubisky? Brissett, because I think at least he, he he can control the game and he can give them what their strength is, which is the run game, and he can do enough with the ball to to open that run game up. Um, Amari Cooper had a few good catches last week, and I think if they start to connect, it'll open the ground up a little bit more. I think we're all on the same page here, aren't we? Everybody uh, gets to pick now who they think is going to win this one. Dave, which way are you going? Browns. Dan, where are you going? Yeah, I'm going Browns 18-10. I, I looked at a little bet builder if you want to do it because it's a standout game and you can do um, Cleveland to win under 48 points, um, a Nick Chubb touchdown and four plus sacks is five to one. Wow. That might just be worth a bit if you just want to watch the game and have something to cheer on. Yep, sounds good to me. I would also have gone Browns as well. So that's a, a three utter punt pick. That's almost, lo- it's about as locked in as it gets for us. Um, I hate the Steelers though. Yeah, well, that's true, and but it's it's a difficult one for you, isn't it, with the other team from Ohio in there as well? Yeah, but I hate the Steelers. <laughs> I mean, more than more I than was you hate the Browns. The Pats last week. Fair enough. You must hate the Steelers. Uh, I think this next one that we're going to talk about is potentially the best game of the weekend, and that is Bills at Dolphins. Somebody's O has got to go. Um, Tua Tagovailoa threw five touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Dan is, the Ravens fan here, is cringing, chomping and grinding his teeth. He's really angry. Um, was it a fluke? Or is he or is he actually a very good quarterback that's all of a sudden benefiting from a season full of coaching? It, listen, he's a good quarterback. He was he was a good quarterback at Alabama before he got hurt, but he had loads of weapons around him then with Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. Um, when he looked at his best. I think <clears throat> the thing for me is that Miami have made themselves a bit of a berserker team that you'd never know now what you're really going to get from them. And that, that, that makes them a dangerous proposition from a from a pick point of view. What I would say is that I think the game plan that they were forced into, 14 points down, 21 points down in the final quarter, they had no choice but to go to that. That wasn't their plan at the start. They've stumbled on something brilliant and it was fairly unstoppable. The Ravens' secondary was gassed and hadn't had a preseason. You could see the conditioning had gone. But Waddle and Hill in space is dangerous for any team. Um, the Miami Dolphins will score points. I did say it week one. They didn't really show it and they haven't shown it until they had absolute desperation time. But that potential was shown now. We know what they can do. They know what they can do. They're a dangerous team. Do you team. think they've unlocked themselves now? Or do you feel like that will only work against gas defenders? Because I, I did know that the coverages were busted. Uh, I didn't know if they were doing anything particularly yeah. special with the roots. I mean, on a couple of occasions, it looked like Tyreek Hill was just wandering through completely uncontested. Um, uh, well, Mar- Marcus Williams had two pick- the, the guys, the, the, the Saints, uh, sorry, the, the Ravens signing from the Saints in the, in the preseason. Um, and they've drafted Kyle Hamilton, the two second, the two safeties now. So they, they, they built themselves to stop this sort of attack. The Bengals killed them with last year and the, the Chiefs have done so in the past. Um, but it looked like they weren't fit enough. So they started off the game, Williams had two picks in the first half and they were all over the passing game. Tua couldn't do anything. And the Ravens completely took control of it, but it looked like they just ran out of petrol, the Ravens. And John Harbour said, I can't believe we've let that many balls go over our head. And I think he was surprised. And I think it all happened so quickly. They couldn't then adjust and, and get the level back up again. But if Miami are going to do that and start the games that way, they're dangerous. 
they're absolutely dangerous. And the Bills shouldn't take it for granted because the Bills' secondary is decimated. They've lost uh, they've lost Micah Hyde. They've lost Tredavious White is still out. They've lost Dane Jackson on, from Monday Night Football. That's 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 their, that's their three starters from their backfield. They can't take it lightly against the I Dolphins. think we're looking at the shootout. Um, I, I think Josh yeah. Allen's going to have to pull it out off of stops. I noticed that Gabe Davis didn't even um, dress for the last game, did he? Uh, did play. Um, no, so be interesting to see if he, he's back. They really uh, missed him, didn't well. they? I mean, it just meant that <laughs> Stefan Diggs was getting a bit more of a ball, ball and uh, helping me to destroy <laughs> Liam. Destroy. Um, so, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you, yeah, you might want to cut that bell. Anyway, so. <laughs> no, don't cut it. Leave it in there. Piss off, Kino. I'm just saying it right now. When it comes to fantasy, it's now 3v1. All right. It's Liam, Dave and Dan versus Andrew Bell, the producer, because if he wins this season, we're all, we're all never going to win the end of it. In the chat, I've realised we're losing to a guy who can't even write the word whatever correctly. Correct. Correct. Fat fingers, (sighs) Bell. That's what we're going to call him from this moment onwards. Uh, Look, I saw a stat this week that in 20, when was, when was Patrick Mahomes breakout season? 2016, 2017? Seven. 18, 20, 18. So he, he comes into game week two and has a week like Tua Tango Vilo has just had mm-hmm. and then never looks back. So just just briefly before we move on, um, is there a possibility that Tua has just unlocked himself, as Dave's alluded to, and we might be seeing the birth of potentially one a, another great quarterback in the NFL to really rival the likes of... Uh, Pat Mahomes of Lamar Jackson of Josh Allen of I, I wouldn't put him in that category I think we've seen enough of Tua to say he's probably not that good but is he a top 15 quarterback yeah is is that maybe good enough yeah if you, if you surround him with enough talent and the defense plays well um, he's, he's good enough to cause some damage and he's good enough to, to take them as far as they can go. But there's some very interesting footage, I think I've seen it on YouTube, where someone has reversed uh, to his throwing. Yeah, uh, made yeah. him right-handed. And he looks so much better. It, it does, it looks it, less clumsy. It's so strange. I mean, it's literally just him with his throwing <laughs> motion, but it looks so much smoother. Um, when when he, yeah. The first time I saw him, I think he came on at halftime of the college bowl game um, for Alabama and 11th of victory, if memory serves correctly. I, I could yeah. be wrong. Um, and he, he had a deep ball. He had mobility on his legs. He actually dislocated his hip, uh, which is a very, very serious injury. Um and it, it's something that <clears throat> potentially has had a longer term impact than people realise. Um, it could well have been affecting his throwing motion. Um, I don't know whether or not <laughs> Tyreek Hill's uh, suggestion that he's a better long passer than, than Mahomes, more accurate, is anywhere near correct because I've seen Mahomes connect on them far more often. But it will be interesting to see if, if Tua settles down with that confidence unlocked and and actually starts to move the ball as we saw in that game. I mean, it was incredible. I think, I think, I think they needed to see it, didn't they? I think, I think the Dolphins. Needed, I think in the we obviously all know what's happened in the in the preseason. They were they were trying to get Tom Brady over, so they weren't convinced. I think they're also in for Deshaun Watson, so they they weren't convinced on him. But if he plays like this, I think they have to stand by him. They've given him the tools this year, um, and on Sunday's fourth quarter performance. He's living up to expectation. This is the one game that I think we're all going to... This one could be one of those that throws us a bit of a curveball. So everybody is now going to pick. I'm going to go Bills, but not by a lot. Dan? Yeah, Bills. Uh, My family are Bills fans, so I'm going to back them until they they let us down. There's no reason to think they won't. Um, Well, this week, the last 20 games, they've won by double figures. The, the last 20 wins they've had have all been by double figures. They if can score points them, with the best of them. They trounce you. If you don't beat them, they destroy you. And if the Dolphins blow hot and cold, even for a quarter, the, the Bills just might score enough points. I've got it high scoring, but Bills win. They're also 7-0 and against the Dolphins in the last 7-2, Dave. Which way What's are you going? point spread? 6.5, the Bills are giving away. I'm going to take the Dolphins. Which I think is too much. Oh, he's what? not going to take the Dolphins. Dolphins to cover. Why? Dolphins to cover. Okay. Because... All right. The, the, the Bills secondary is so decimated. They're division rivals. They've had close games recently. And 
essentially, I think that because I feel like it's going to be Xavier and Hamburg going up against Diggs, and if Gabe Davis doesn't play, I think they will miss him in this game. Um, I think there's actually more opportunity for for the dog for, for the Finns to win the shootout. Now, I do think that the Bills are so good and well coached that they can possibly sneak the victory, but with six and a half points, I'll take the Dolphins. Good stuff. 49ers Broncos next. Um, I guess the story here is is Jimmy Garoppolo uh, back in this. Such a weird story. Goes from QB1 to being dropped to a backup quarterback and now he's back to the starting quarterback. Does that affect does that affect his mentality or is he the natural born leader of this 49ers offense anyway? But the team love him. So players like George Kittle, who hasn't he hasn't played yet this year, and I, I, I do Could think be it'll be interesting week. to see how quickly he comes back now Could playing back for his week. for his best friend. They love him. They they can't they, they could never say a bad word about him. They were desperate for him to remain there. Um, the 49ers obviously tried to ship him for some value, but th- I mean, how happy are they now? They didn't do that and get a, yeah. a late round pick because that, that still it still retains him in the top of the. Um, not many other teams could lose their QB one and still be in the top echelon of league, and the 49ers are. Um, I have reservations that he can't take them all the way because he hasn't got the X factor, but he can take them to the playoffs and he can take them to a Super Bowl because he's done it twice nearly. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that the 49ers, the unfortunate injury that happened at the weekend, and I think we all always try Lance very, very well. Wanted to see a speedy recovery there. It was uh, not not a fun thing to see. Um, but I think we've got a better quarterback in right now. Not Not in terms of long-term development. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that in terms of their current levels and their ability to run an NFL offense, Jimmy Garoppolo is ahead of Trey Lance. So the 49ers just got stronger for this season, but maybe weaker in the long term. When I was doing a bit of research for this game, I struggled to find anything from the Broncos that I actually wanted to talk about. All of the talking points from this game seem to be sort of on the 49ers side of things. So let's just rattle through those. Debo Samuel is incredible in that offense he finds space he's almost uh undefendable at, at, at points he could be the key to this whole thing Dan couldn't he he'll have to be because they've lost um they've lost their running back so Elijah Mitchell went out in week one last week they've lost Tyrion Davis Price their rookie was their backup quarterback to, to Jeff Wilson um so Debo will be running the ball he'll probably get 10 or 15 carries so he'll have to be um that'll put a lot of pressure on them um because I think they'll have to slow the game down and make it tight. And I think a bit like that, I think the Broncos are a good version of the Seahawks. So the Seahawks want to win every game 17-15. They, they don't want to get into a shootout with anybody. And as soon as anyone scores 20 points, they've lost. I think the Broncos are a bit the same. And I think this the, the switch to Garoppolo makes it tighter for them. And I think it goes in the Broncos' favour, weirdly enough, especially with Debo having to play as a running back. Because I think Denver are pretty strong on the run. And they've... They've played really well between the 20s, Denver, in the first two games. They, they should be 2-0. and um, I, think they're a, I think they're a sleeping, dangerous team. Once they figure things out, later, maybe not this week, but later in the season, Denver will go on a run, I think. I can see them doing well, but they've got big injuries. They, they've lost Jerry Judy, who's their really star wide receiver. They lost KJ Hamler. They've lost Tim Patrick in the offseason. So they've only got Colton Sutton, really, on, on the wide receivers group. They lost Patrick Satan at the weekend. They're sort of star rookie cornerback from last year. So I think the the 49ers come into it more healthy. They've got their lineback. Mike McGlinchey was back at the weekend. He looked good against the Seahawks. So Kittle they'll be able be to back run the ball. From this, from this groin injury, potentially. Yeah, so I, th- I, think it, I think it shapes well for the 49ers this time, but I think it'll be very, very tight and hard work. It'll be a tough watch, this one. We're saying the run game's going to be big, Dave. Is that what we're saying? Um, I, I think coaching's going to be huge. Yeah. Um, quite, quite, quite honestly, uh, Nathaniel Hackett is not hacking it right now. And another terrible pun, right? But it, it, it's true that he was an exceptional offensive coordinator um, at, at Green Bay. Um, I mean, he did, did good you hear things the crowd there. counting down the play clock in Mile High at the weekend. Uh, they they, they had that incredible. many delay of game penalties. The crowd were counting down the play clock for Russell Wilson. Ten, nine to make <laughs> sure that it didn't happen again. <laughs> Like they literally collectively got together and did that. Now yeah. it's almost a little bit of our football crowd mentality rubbing off on them to just participate in the game. It was easy enough. It was counting down from ten. Um, but you know, it, it's literally 
incredible that they can't actually get a playoff on time. And when you think that, that no, sorry, to, Kyle Shanahan on the other side had to, they said that when Traylance went out, and we're talking sort of three or four plays into the game, he went out, they brought Garoppolo in, and they had to change the whole playbook against Seattle, and they, they went and scored on their first drive. Um, so when you look at it, when you talk about the difference in these games sometimes, it is the coaching, it is the game management, and you, you have to give a massive advantage there to the 49ers at the moment. So, picks time. Dave, which way are you going? <laughs> 49ers. <clears throat> I too am going 49ers. Yeah, I've got Niners 24, Denver 20. Locked in, locked in. Uh, Green Bay at Bucks. Never bet against Brady, Kino. Never bet against him. Yeah, you know, in life. You're going to bet against changes. him, aren't you? <laughs> 100%. Yeah, he's got Come no on over to my side, Dave. Mike Evans basically decided to remove the... the um, the Saints queen from the board. And, uh, I mean, that in a chess terminology, by the way, uh, in, in, in Marshall and Lattimore. Um, and, Thanks and for basically set, Yeah, yeah, just quickly, just in case. Um, and it, <laughs> with him missing, I, I don't think the appeal got upheld, did it? I, I know the news no. was due in today. I, no, the appeal didn't get upheld, so he's definitely going to be missing the game. It was the same judge that appealed his suspension yeah, for attacking Marshall right. Lattimore two years ago. Can <laughs> <laughs> you believe it? Right. That means the Bucks have got no Evans, no Godwin, no Julio Jones. It means Rashad Perryman is going to be into that side who is untested. And let me just tell you, these are the stats that I came up with. Tom Brady with and without Mike Evans on the field. All right. His passer rating with Mike Evans on the field, is 103. It drops to 88.7 without Mike Evans on the field. And not only does he not have Mike Evans, he's got no Godwin or Julio Jones either. I have a funny feeling that if you're going to bet against Brady, this is probably the week to do it, Dan. You're just making me think that we shouldn't, though, um, because it's too obvious, isn't it? But his line, was again, was an issue at, at the weekend. He, he hasn't really got enough time, and I think... I think the Green Bay defense has looked pretty sharp, but you know, I, I can just see—I don't know. I—I I don't know if Godwin will be back, but if he is back, he's not going to be fully fit. I can't see—I can't see the Bucks scoring more than twenty points. I, I just can't see it. They only scored twenty against the Saints, and they gave them the ball five times. The, the, Rogers isn't going to lose patience like Winston did. Um, Rogers is going to keep patient. He's going to keep the ball in hand. He's going to keep the ball. He's going to run the ball. Um, I, th- I, th- I don't think you can. I don't, I don't think you can look past the Packers, even though it's in Tampa Bay. Is it possible that Green Bay basically do the same thing they did to the Bears and just you use Aaron, Aaron Jones to to a point where and they have to respond to the run game and and then Rodgers can actually get yeah. some passes off to the likes of Lazard and the rookies. Yeah, because I think I think Rodgers will keep it will keep patient and they can use they can use Dylan as running back, Jones as a as a scat back, can't they? So they can get Jones in the passing game more if they need to for short for short. Roots. I, I think um, the the Bucks are good against the run. They're, they're good against everything. They've got the best linebacking core, I think, in football. Um, they've got Devon White, haven't they? Levante David, Cal Nassib made some big plays at the weekend. Um, so they're running. They're, their linebackers are really good. Their, their secondary is really, really good. Their front's really good. But the the their strength is against the Green Bay strength, which is their now their offensive line. Elton Jenkins is back. It looks like. Um, What's the other fella called, Dave? He's been out. Back to Ari. He's going to be back. He looks like he's training again. He might be back, but just having Elton Jenkins back on for the for the Packers made gave Rogers look like he had so much more time. And if you give him a little bit more time than Winston had, I mean, he's going to do more damage than Jameis did. Breakout as well for dual threat running back Aaron Jones. So let's yeah, just sort of it. see. Let's just sort of see what happens there. Uh, pick which way? I've oh, got like which way are you going, Dan? I'm going. I'm going Green Bay twenty four twenty. Dave? I'm going Green Bay. Yeah, these two are going Green Bay. I'm not betting against Brady because he's stung me too many times already. Uh, Final game that we're looking at, and it'll be a quick one, this one, I think. Uh, It is Cowboys at unbeaten Giants. Come on, 2-0. Roll on week four. Yeah, I mean... Look, Giants might be unbeaten, but I'm not sure they've played anybody yet. This will be the first real big test, won't it? They beat the AFC number one seed from last year, didn't they? Um, and they beat they pick they beat Dave's pick for the NFC South this year already so far so they're doing pretty well, um, but 
they're not very good is the problem. So as 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 well as they've played in the in the games, and Dayball does seem to have Daniel Jones ticking a little bit. I loved what I saw on Sunday where Jones made a mistake and Dayball was absolutely tearing it to him on the sideline. And there's some you can just see there's some real development going into Daniel Jones and he looks a little bit more poised. But um, hasn't thrown for more than two hundred yards in each of the opening games, although no picks or fumbles last week. So, and, I, and you'd take that, wouldn't you? You'd take that all day long because he's retaining the ball and the turnovers have been gone in your favour, which has been good. I Dave smirking. Yeah. Why are you smirking? I'm trying to be nice. He's going to come in and kill you um, in a minute. No, no, I'm not. The, the most important stat in football is, is QB wins. And when, when you look at Kirk Cousins, yep. I think he's now 60-16-2 for his career. I think we should have a sound drop for Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Like like a klaxon every the, oh, the, the cousins klaxon. like that. Just we'll get that clipped off and get that. Yeah, but he, he's, uh, he's the, the yardstick of not quite good enough. All right, that it's works important. for me. Just really quickly, week one we saw an awful lot of Saquon Barkley. Week two we saw an awful lot of Sterling Shepard. If the Giants are going to beat the Cowboys, you feel that there's going to have to be a bit more of a blend of the two rather than picking one and going for it for the entire game. Yeah, if the Giants want to win games, they need to get both of those things going really well, as well as the defence playing well. My concern this week is I think the the best unit in the game is the Cowboys' defence, both the secondary and the front. Um, I can't. I can see Mikey Parsons having a really big game again. I think Dallas will... I can see this being a turnover game. So I think, although it looks like it might be low scoring, I think turnovers will score points. I think there'll be pick six in this game or four Sunbury covers. I can just see something crazy happening. And I think that I, I always tend to lean, if I'm not sure, I tend to lean with the, the best, who, what's the best unit in the game? And the best unit in the game is by far the Cowboys defence. And I think that will out on Sunday. Um, but, and I think they've got the better skill players. I think if they can get CD Lamb involved, he was more involved on Sunday. They've got a dual threat running game. Um, although the Giants have played the run quite well, but Pollard and Elliott look, they could be more dangerous. And um, I, I think the Cowboys might just um, sneak here, although I think, they're, I, th- I think they're a terrible team. I just think this matchup really suits them really well. Uh, Dave, which way are you going? I'm going to go with the Giants. Mm. Dan, which way are you going? I've got Cowboys 27, Giants 17. I, I The Giants have not gone 2-0 since 2016. I still don't you, think they're going brilliantly. Him, Parsons, know, yeah, I know. Parsons and Armstrong are uh, different for this Giants. For this Giants I'll, attack, I'll be honest, Liam. I only <sighs> went with the Giants to make you pick against them. Yeah, well, I, I also have a real thing about betting for my own team because yeah, every time it. I do, they lose. So I'm going to go Cowboys. What a yeah, shame. Little one here, a little bit of there. So the, the, the Cowboys plus three and a half points again, but under 48 points in the game is nine to four, which I, I thought was quite good. I hope that Dave's right. I desperately hope that but he's Dave right. Dave's gone the Giants. But he, but he, yeah, but he oh won't. God. Yeah. It's time for the Utter Punch Train. That's not going to get too annoying, is it? That little jingle. Um, right, so who's explaining this? Shall I'll try and explain it. Essentially, every week, Utter Punts is going to give you, going to hand you an even money bet with a view of taking five quid to a hundred grand by the time we get to what? Week 17, week, week 17, 18? Yeah. So essentially, all we'll do is we'll give you a bet. You put the money on that bet. It'll come back double your money. We're going to do that every week, all the way through to week 17. What we'll say at this point is it is entirely your choice whether you put that money on the bets. It is not us that make you do that. We just suggest. If you want to have a little bit of fun, you can just pick the you know the bet for the week and then you can cash out and you can start again. But we are taking this all the way, apparently, all the way all from the way, week Liam. three to week 17. Apparently, apparently, when we get to week 16 and we're putting £50,000 on a bet, this lot are all all right with that. I think that's a month's worth of gas and electric and I might want to... Um, I might want to cash out, but apparently I'm not allowed to do that. Listen, passengers can get off the train anytime they want, but the drivers must stay on at all times. Since when did you you quit the job before it was finished? You will you will not allow us to fail in that mission, Liam. You'll be driving it home at the end of the day. I I, I may I may allow you to fail in that mission. I'm going to be honest. I'm it, look. It we, we'll take 
we'll take this. All right, I guarantee you now we will take this as far as we can take it. So if we get to week 17 for £100,000, that's exactly what we're going to do. Yep. I, I, I'm, I, it's a lot of money. Uh, right, the utter punts train. Week one in week three, first bet is... Well, we, we've spent a bit of time yesterday and looking at it, and we, we, there's, there's a few games we, we narrowed it down to. So I, I, I will show you the workings out here. So I basically sent Dave my picks for every game this week and asked him to sort of cross-check it. We came back with about six um, that we agreed on. Um, and then we've narrowed it down basically to what we worked out to be the best value and the lowest sort of the lowest amount of those teams we need to put in to get to the value of about even money. And what we've come up with, fairly uninspirationally, is a straight win bet for two teams, and that is the Chiefs to beat the Colts and the Eagles to beat the Commanders. And if you put that on as a double, we've got it to pay nine pound forty, I think it is. Um, so it's just under even. Some will be just under, some will be just over. Obviously, we don't control the odds. But if you go into AA8 Sport, it's called the money line. If you go into Skybet, it's just called a win bet. Um, and it's just you put them on to win. No points, no handicaps, no nothing. That double pays you uh, your £10 near enough. And then we'll go on to week two. So if you want to join the train, you're more than welcome to do that. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you don't want to join the train and you just want to take the bets that we put in every week and double your money, then that's absolutely fine. Uh, again... I, I have been told by producer Andy to make this absolutely clear that in no way, shape or form are we forcing you to do anything. We are just merely expressing what we're doing. And if you'd like to follow along, that would be absolutely fine. Please make sure that you gamble responsibly. I'm doing hours as we speak. Yeah, you're putting it on now. On. Here there he is. He's pressed. Right, we're in. We're live. It's done. I'll screenshot that as well and I'll put that live out there so you can all to see be fair, it. So we're there is one person we're forcing you to do this. Isn't that right, Liam? All yeah, the way me. through. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm fine the first couple of weeks. That's not going to be a yeah. problem. But when it gets to like week seven and week eight, and we're talking some fairly serious cash, like I think week six is like, week six of the train is like 500 quid or something ridiculous. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's, it's a lot. Of, but with all the way, oh, it's, this, I've been saved by the two minute warning. Thank the Lord. Uh, for the two-minute warning. That means we've just got two minutes left of the programme for you to give your utter punts of the week nominations. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will start with Dan Horton. Okay, I'm going to go for Chargers GM Tom Telesco. Long-winded one, this one. But in two years ago, they had their starting quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, and they, uh, he, they, he had to let him go because the doctor, the team doctor, who is David Gazanagnia, punctured his lung with giving him a painkiller injection. Their prize asset, Justin Herbert, has now got a rib injury, and you will never guess which doctor they've sent him to. Tom Telesco, get a new doctor, you want to punt. Uh, Dave Keane, who are you going? You want to punt of the week? I'm going to go with the NFL official who refused the appeal from Mike Evans, because as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> he was looking after his mate. I had a choice of two this week. I thought about going with Bruce Arians for his nonsense on the sidelines instead i'm going for every pundit every pundit that has suggested that the miami dolphins are back to the dan marino era the lot of you can piss right off no chance you're all utter punts right lovely that's all we've got time for this week again like subscribe share with a friend just pass it on to a couple of people those can pass it on to another couple and all of a sudden we're going to have loads of us talking about the nfl and it would be absolutely brilliant to have you along dan horton thank you very much indeed thank you dave Keane. Uh, you have been a pain in my ass all night but i love having you Pleasure. thank you very much <laughs>